Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's that time of the year. Lots of students, high school students, making that decision what college they want to go to, waiting for acceptance, figuring out how they're going to pay for it. Are they ready? That's my big question. Is your student ready? And it doesn't even matter if they're in ninth grade, middle school, wherever it may be. There's so much goes into picking a career and picking the school and all of that. Well, to get you ready, found somebody that helps parents with that all the time with career and college counseling. She's been working with students for a long time, even lectures on the university level, has been cited for her professional excellence by many industry organizations and... It's all about preparing for college, and we're going to help you out with that today. Jennifer severini Cresock joins us on the program. Jennifer, welcome. How are you? Hi. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't even know that there was somebody like you that exists where you make sure that students are prepared for college, and there's so many different things that go into to making that preparation, aside from just picking the school that's really cool <laughs> or one that you want to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, there are. There's a lot. <laughs> let's let's talk about some of those things. And I, sure. by, by the way, hits home for me. My son is a senior, high school, going to college this year. A very good friend of mine. Same exact situation for her daughter. Uh, so I'm listening. So what what are some of the things, that, the considerations that that should be there, Jennifer? Well, just a little. I mean, a little background on me. I was a high school counselor in the public school system for over 20 years. And, you know, I just got the kids that were coming in that were saying, okay, you know, send my transcript here, send my transcript there. Yep. Um, so I really didn't have um, the ability to really sit down and talk to them about what they wanted to do. It was like, oh, here, my parents want me to apply here, or here, my parents want me to apply there. But I just felt there was something missing, and that's how I started my business. Um, because I wanted to make sure that uh, we spend enough time on all those components that go into it. From, you know, figuring out what major. Do they have to figure out a major at age 17 or 18? No, no. I mean, it's good to go in with an idea because we know that college is so expensive. We want to pick, pick the right school that, you know, if we change out of one major, we hope that there's other availability for other majors. So, um just spending time talking about that is a big part of it. And then, um, you know, the various components that go into it from a resume, listing all the high school accomplishments, academic, extracurricular, community service, to, um, you know, they have to do the applications and do an outstanding job on them, and there are tons of essays to write. Um, and then, I mean, the probably the biggest, most important factor is, you know, can we afford this school? And that's a question that parents, you know, pose all the time that um, I'm spending more and more time talking about that. Because really, we should be looking at that before we even look at the list. And there's also the assumption that you're getting some scholarships, depending on your financial situation, some financial aid. But many times, as I see it, you're never sure. You're never totally sure until maybe the end of what you really have, what you really have to work with, aside from what can come from from your parents as a student, um, you know, aside from aside from the uh, 
financial aspect, what do you find is most overlooked? Um, I think the lesser known schools, you know, like everybody's searching, searching for the top schools, right? Name recognition, you know, friends are going here, friends are going there. Um, but there are some lesser known schools in the United States that maybe not as many students even consider that have so much to offer. And that's been my new mission. That's my mission for the uh, admission season coming up, is to give them some exposure to those schools. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of hidden gems that have a lot to offer that, you know, are being overlooked because there are, shall we call them, the popular schools that everybody applies to. I I, I totally got you there. (laughs) And do you feel... Jennifer, that a lot of times a student will overlook a, a gem of a school that may not have uh, the bragging rights, if you will, that may support what their their goals are? Totally. Totally. And um, as a matter of fact, um, there's a book, his name is Peter Pitts. He wrote about 333 small schools that are, um, you know, that are not, they're not popular names. But he lists, like for each of the schools, he lists all the um, the really good points about them and encourages students to consider them. And that's what I'm trying to do to some degree because I feel like, you know, the best fit might be there rather than at, an, at a school that everybody knows the name. Right. It's like going to the, the restaurant that everybody talks about, but there's a really great one on the side of town that, you know, has a great family cooking and, and great food, but but people don't look at it because the name's not out there. Exactly. Mm. And that's what I'm pushing for more than anything, um, at least to, to get them to look. <laughs> right. You know, because maybe there'll be something that will catch their eye and then we'll go from there. But um, that's been a, a big thing, too, just uh, getting, that, getting them to notice those other schools that they might not have thought about before. How about career consideration? Somebody, you know, for example, I have a daughter, I have a, my, my kids are 15, 17 and 28. My 28 year old wanted to be a teacher, thought about it for a long time. It would always come up. Yeah. I'd like to be a teacher. Well, what is she now? She is a physician's assistant and doing great. Mm. But originally, you know, as she went through her years, that's, that's what she was considering. Uh, and, and, and granted that can change. Um, but let's, let's look at that in deciding a career, um, and then, and then picking the school, how does that look to you? So, um, one of the tools, I have some tools that I use, oh. um, in helping students. Sometimes they come in with all these great ideas and, you know, we, we pursue those, we do, we research those. Um, but I like to start with a career assessment, it's a pretty big one that I use. Um, they do it online and then, you know, they come back and we review the results. Um, it looks not only at career fit in terms of the student aptitudes. You know, what are my interests? What are what am I good at in terms of aptitudes? What are my interest areas? And then pairing the schools that are matches between their aptitudes and their interests um, usually yields some pretty good results. Um, if not the, um, you know, maybe not even the the actual career, but just like you know, maybe it's in healthcare. Or maybe it's an engineering. Well, the assessment might not pinpoint the exact career, but it might show that, you know, healthcare is the one that they're suited for or, you know, something along those lines. 
So I'd like to start with that and have a lot of discussion on that and then go into um, looking at the characteristics of the different colleges. What are, the, what are your preferences? Do you want to go big, small, medium-sized, you know, north, south, east, west, um, big, like I said, big or small? Um, so we look at those characteristics then and try to match up the colleges based on those characteristics. And like I said, I like to put in some that maybe are lesser known. Um, and, of course, they always have some feedback as to the ones that they're interested in. Um, but giving them a lot of time and, and um, the ability to really delve into a school to determine if it really is the right place. You know, it might have some of the things that they look at or they might have heard it does, this particular major is great or, you know, it has whatever their major characteristics are that they want in a school, but then you got to go there, you got to visit, you got to talk to people there, you got to talk to students in your major, talk to professors, um, get as familiar as possible with the school um, before you decide for sure if it's, if it's, you know, one that should go on your list. So we focus on all of that, and, you know, in a, in a, in a high school setting, perhaps, you know, I'm spending oh, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 to 30 hours with each student in direct time um, that I didn't have to spend with all of my students in high school. So, and, and we start early, too. You mentioned, you know, um, even freshmen and sophomores. It's not too early for them to start because we can do then delve even more into the career stuff. I also like to find either summer programs that maybe have, um, you know, a little bit of, of uh, a career exploration type thing going on or, you know, maybe an internship or some type of volunteer work. I try to talk about that, too, because, it, again, if you're spending all this money to go to college and to major in whatever, um, maybe you should know a little bit more about it than, you know, just hearing the name and going, oh, that sounds good. You know, just picking a, a career out of the air and going, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because then when you get there... <laughs> You know, and you spend all this money, you're kind of, and you could change, of course, but I mean, for the most part, you're a little bit stuck in terms of finances and the whole picture. So the key is really research and getting deep into the information about the school and asking lots of questions. And I'm teaching the kids about how to do that and how to speak to admissions and how to get the answers that you need and like all of that. Is a big part of what I do. When a student is not 100% sure in a career, let's say they're on the fence, maybe it's like a 60 40, you know, I think I want to do this, I'm at 60%, not really sure on the 40, maybe there is a direction on the 40. Do you advise them along the way in, in coming up with maybe a school or, uh, you know, a, a direction that could swing in, in a couple of different directions? Yes, because, again, if we find the perfect school, but there's only one major that you want that's there, well, that's probably not the best choice if you're on the fence. So I'd like to find schools that have lots of possibilities that, you know, if you think this school is the perfect school, but you need to change your major, you don't end up having to transfer because this school also offers that. So we try to build a little bit of um, flexibility into the school choices and a well, what if kind of situation that, you know, um, this particular school is 
a good fit because it offers A, B, C, D rather than just A, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you take us, Jennifer, through the process? When a parent reaches out to you, they're trying to make those decisions and, and, and find the direction. How does the whole process begin with you? So I do a little interview. I have a questionnaire for both the parents and the students. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting a little bit of academic background and extracurricular information, all the, just getting a good picture of the student. If they have any test scores, um, you know, standardized test scores or um, any other information, I try to get that first. And then we have our first meeting, which is more or less an onboarding into my system. I work off a web-based system that has a really um, detailed college um, uh, database in it. They have a to-do list. They have handouts on each of the different topics that we're going to be covering. Everything is kind of housed in one place, so it can be very organized. And then we work through each hour that we meet. There's a certain topic that we cover. Um, sometimes I have an idea of what we're going to cover, and I have it in my brain about you know what needs to come next. Um, but then maybe they have a million questions on something else. So we kind of take it as it goes. Um, but in the end, my promise to the student and the parent is the applications will be submitted. They will be outstanding. We will work as hard as we can on them. And, you know, hopefully there will be some successful results. Of course, I cannot make any guarantees. I can only say, you know, with 30 years of experience, and I've had so probably in the business, maybe I've worked with over 500 students, um, in the 12 years that I'm doing the private business. And in the high school, I mean, it was a couple thousand probably mm-hmm. over 20 years. So I have experience to know this is usually how it goes, you know. Um, but, of course, there are many surprises. Admissions, especially after COVID, has changed a lot. And so I do the best I can to make sure that when we're building that list, you know, that it's balanced, that we have safety schools that are pretty much a guarantee, even though I can't say that, um, that we have target schools that match the students' academic um, abilities. And then we have some that are, we call them the reaches, which some students just like to give it a try because you never know. And so we, we build in a couple of reaches. Typically, I go with about uh, 12 to 15 schools on a student's list, and we just make sure that it's really that it's balanced and that they can live with all the choices on their list. So like I said before, if they don't research and we're just throwing schools on the list just to throw them on there because, you know, a friend is going there or whatever, I want them to really get deep into the schools and make sure that whatever happens, they have a lot, they have opportunities to choose a school that they know enough about that they would feel comfortable attending. It seems to me and not to take anything away from guidance counselors or whatever they're called nowadays. Uh, somebody told me it's a different term. I'm trying to remember what it is. Is there another term for that? School, school, counselor, school counselor. Thank you. Okay. So mm-hmm. not to take anything away, but these people, and you are in that role, have so much going on, so many students to advise that I would have to imagine that you can't. It's physically impossible to give really, really, really deep personalized attention to every single one. You, you do the best you can, 
but there's a lot going on there. So that's where I see that, you know, the value of what you do, Jennifer, coming in there is so important. You know, it's every situation is different, right? And that's why I did it. That's why I found this niche that has worked amazingly well for me over the past 12 years. Um, Not to take away from the conversation, but I mean, I'm a cancer survivor. I I suffered from from a cancer about five years ago. Mm. This summer I broke my leg and guess what? I've been working through all of it. I'm fine. The cancer is gone. I'm recovered from that. The leg I'm still working on. (laughs) But um, because of the, the format that I do, I do I do have an office, but um, through this accident that I had, um, I'm doing full Zoom, and I'm working with kids all over the country, and it's working out great. Yeah, for sure. And, and guess what? Thank you, COVID. Never thought I'd say that. Uh, honestly. Because <laughs> that's the thing that made <laughs> Zoom okay. So Yes, exactly. I'm curious. Is it different in different parts of the country in terms of helping students and their parents? You know what? It's, I always thought it would be. I mean, certain states have certain, um, like, requirements in terms of what I, as an independent educational consultant, you know, certain uh, ethical things and, like, that kind of stuff that I have to abide by. But aside from that, not really. Hmm. It's not really. And because I've worked with so many students, I'm pretty familiar with schools across the country. <laughs> like, maybe I don't have every single detail, and maybe, you know, there might be a couple that I'm, like I said, these less familiar ones that I'm working on knowing more about, too. Um, I'm I'm pretty, like, I can pretty much say, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I know about that. And I had a student go there, you know, in 2017 or whatever. Like, I kind of have become familiar just from having students from everywhere. And the process is not different. I mean, it's a set process. You know, we're, we're doing the same activities. We're doing the applications. We're writing the essays. We're talking financial aid. We're talking scholarships. We're looking at final offers. It's, it kind of, there's like a flow to it, and it works out really well. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't have a statistic in terms of how many students got accepted or whatever, but, I mean, everybody that I know, I don't have, never had a year when no one got accepted anywhere. You know, um, usually just about everybody gets accepted, if not at their first choice, maybe their second or third choice. Sometimes maybe not that, maybe a little further down the line. But we've had a lot of success, and they come back and they go, well, gee, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't stressful. And then I had them also telling me, you know, if I had to do this alone, because essentially, I mean, schools offer some education on the process, but, again, they don't have the time. When I worked there, when I worked in the school system, um, and I worked in two public schools, I mean, the caseloads could be 300 or more. Yeah. There's no way that you can spend 10, 15, 20 hours or more with one student with a caseload that large. There's no way. And it seems so, to me there's so much at stake here financially, yes. emotionally, energetically. This is the the preparation has been in the making of 12 years to get your your child now your teen up to this point ready for school academically exactly why do you why do you want to take a chance of just kind of rolling the dice without the right direction i mean look at at professional athletes they have coaches <laughs> they wouldn't do it without it. multiple coaches that's exactly right well and yeah. i liken a lot to that i i use that analogy a lot about the coaching um 
because it does make a difference. And, you know, even just maybe something that I told them that got them, you know, more money. There's a school, I won't say the school, but there's a school in upstate New York um, that has this amazing award that they give worth $40,000 a year times four years, so that would be 160000 that nobody knows about or very few people know about. And, you know, I've had uh, several of my students get this award because I told them. They're going, gee, how come nobody told us about that? Nobody even knew the school. So that kind of stuff, I think coming to somebody like me who this is all I do. I'm studying, you know, all day long. What can I learn? You know, I re- do a lot of reading, um, continuing education. I'm an independent educational consultant. There are um, organizations that I have to be a part of in order to say that I'm an independent educational consultant. And this is all I do. This is I'm the expert here. And um, I feel like I've made a difference in, in for the students. And I'm just always looking for more. <laughs> So is there anything with a couple of moments that we have left that that parents should keep in mind? The most important thing. What what would you say it is? What would you tell parents right now? Let's say they have somebody, um, you know, their teen is in, uh, let's say, 11th grade or 12th grade right now. Um, I think it's important that parents talk to their students. And, you know, you have to have the conversation. You know, what do you want to do? And if the student has no idea or very little idea, and usually that's the case with the junior or a sophomore, um, then you need, to, you need to get some help. You need to, to ask the student if they would uh, like to have some help in the process, um, and then find someone, hopefully me, but find someone that is, you know, not just somebody that, you know, is on the Internet saying, I can do this, and they charge an absorbent, you know, exorbitant amount of money. I don't charge a lot. I charge a fair price, but I can always tell people that, you know, if you work with me, you're going to find out about scholarships or the student's going to receive probably scholarships that are going to greatly um, pay for the money that you spent on me. (laughs) So, you know, it's a give and take, and um, I just feel like it's so important that communication is the first thing. And I tell the students that when I first meet them, too. You know, if I'm suggesting something that, Maybe you don't like or you want to explore more or whatever. Communicate with me. And I think a lot of teenagers don't want to communicate with their parents about it or they, whatever, they're, they're, they just aren't ready to communicate. So having a professional in your corner like me, and I work well with the students. I've certainly, you know, had a lot of experience with students. Um, usually we can make great strides, and the process ends very favorably. It's almost like you're, and, and it's perfectly fine, uh, my kids, lots of kids, lots of adults have a therapist. It's almost as if you're in that role <laughs> in some regards. Yeah. Because I feel like a mother. I feel like a therapist, yeah. an advisor, a mentor. Absolutely. And my gosh, you know, if a teen is faced with their parents wanting them to, let's say, be a doctor and they're not really into it, you can be the go-between and, and identify it. But the, the, the most important thing here is this is not what you do. This is what you've done for three decades. So you're the go-to person, Jennifer. How do we find you? Thank you. Sure. So, um, well, my fo- I guess I can give my phone number because sure. that's probably the easiest way. 570-702-5700. I'm located in the suburb of Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
I don't know if they're familiar with Scranton from the office. Love it. If they watch that show, but um, I'm near Scranton. Um, and like I said, I do Zoom, so it doesn't matter where they are. Yep. Um, and then I also have the website, www.nepacareerandcollegecounseling.com. Um, that will give them more information, but if they, and also it's on Facebook. Um, if they give me a call, I can send, I have lots of information that I can send also. Oh, fantastic. Great talking with you. I didn't you even know. Well. I didn't know this existed and how important it is. Uh, there's a lot on the line here. Your your teen, your child's future is is riding on it. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. And we'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.